Hi, I have a live with Dr. Keo in Los Angeles. Uh, we've all been waiting for the day. I really want to share this topic with you. As you Dr. Keo is very famous, a doctor in America. He's one of the best plastic surgeons in the States. He specializes in the ponytail facelift and many other procedures. He's going to be live and we're going to be discussing many, many, many things. But he goes on. عشان نقدر نتكلم في الموضوع. اللي عنده اسئله بخصوص التجميل من ناحيه ثريدز، من ناحيه فيس ليفت، من ناحيه شفت، من ناحيه تصليح حيكون عنده كل الاجوبه. He's one of the biggest doctors in the state. صراحه it's an honor for me to have him on my platform وجدا مبسوطه. I want to do your nose, Mary. Ask ask him about what, what do you want me? Anyone عندكم اسئله دحين ارسلوا لي الاسئله اللي تبوني اساله اياها خليني ارسل له. I am on. قولوا لي اي اسئله عندكم اياها نبدا عشان نبدا. دحين اول ما يجي نتكلم. He is amazing صراحه، بعدين الدكتور هذا مره مشهور طلع كمان على اوبرا وينفيز شو يتكلم عن التجميل انه كيف لازم يكون مختلف شد الوش، كيف لازم يتشد بالطول ومو بالعرض. كثير يتكلم عن شد الصدر والبطن وكمان يعمل كثير عمليات تصليح لكثير دكاتره يعني يعملوا اشياء غلط هذا شيء جدا اي بيرسونلي يعني شغله جدا حلو احد يسالني كم عمري؟ عمري 37 ارتاحوا <تصفيق> عمري 37 دائما يسالوني ذا السؤال هي از اون هلو هلو هاي جود مورنينج جود مورنينج دكتور هاو ار يو؟ يو لوك سو فريش ات 7 30 اي وودنت لوك لايك يو Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. Good, good. I had a long surgery yesterday, so actually, uh, everything is good. Yeah, good to <laughs> thank good you to so much. Up. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much for giving me the time to have you on my platform on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome. Thank you. I've inviting been getting me. so many questions before you even logged on. Um, <laughs> so today, I want to. This is Dr. Kao from LA. He's one of the biggest plastic surgeons in the states. Um, I'm going to say you specialize in the ponytail facelift, but you do every procedure. But you are very, yes. very, very famous for the ponytail facelift. Uh, so yes. tell, us, tell us more about you. Tell us how you started. And, um... well, um, well, I was, well, I, I was born in Taiwan. I moved to the yeah. United States when I was 11. And then um, I was in Seattle. I went to, to undergrad medical school and general surgery residency there for five years. So um, usually now the, the, the surgery residency for plastic surgery you go is, is three years of general surgery and three years of plastic surgery. Back mm -hmm. then it was five years of general surgery. And then I did another year of endoscopic surgery, that surgery with a tiny little scope. So I was teaching, I was, I was a assistant professor at University of Washington in Seattle. Um, and teaching endoscopic surgery, <clears throat> and then um, and then I did three years of plastics after that. So uh, it's been a long road, but yeah, of course. I would, but I wouldn't trade it. So every every <laughs> bit of it was was really really great. So I, 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 I think as it. a doctor, you're always learning as well. I think it's, it's it's something that never ends. You're always studying. I feel with the procedures you keep getting. I've been seeing some of the procedures you've had. Um, you you have tough procedures. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I like a good challenge, you know, I mean, I get, I, I mean, some guys are really, really happy with just doing breast implants all day long, you know, they do like five a day, and they slam them in, and they, they take a half an hour each one, <laughs> literally like 30 minutes, 30 minutes skin to skin. Um, that just never been my practice. I like, I like, uh, I get, I get, I get bored easily. I'm always trying to find some new ways to do things. And um, trying to trying to improve things, you know. Um, you know, for example, I do the Alexander breast lift. That's a breast lift without the scars around the around the, without the yeah. T scar, just the scar around the areola. That lift is very very difficult to to do, and um, it's it's a, it's a modification of the Benelli technique, and and that that I started playing with it when I was a resident. And it's been years and years of modifying, 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 and then now it's finally it's in the final form of it, and and you know this is 15 years later. So, 
trying to perfect everything. So same thing with the ponytail lift, you know, that we started um, my first, uh, I met a man, uh, my mentor is Nick Noise, and he's actually in Abu Dhabi right now. Oh, yeah, really? He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's amazing. And he, and he was the first man who, who invented the endoscopic brow lift along with, with another gentleman, Grady Core, um, and, uh, and Louis Vasquez. So they were in Alabama. So Louis Valsinas was in Alabama, and then uh, Nick Marise was in, in California. And they were working, when Interscope came, first came out in the early 90s, they were working, you know, trying, trying to do the brow. And um, actually Nick Marise- to get it more upwards, like the- Yes, the, yes, yeah. to lift the brow. without Because traditional brow lift is an incision across the top head like this, and then you have to peel the whole thing down and then you pull up and you cut out the triple scalp. It's very, very invasive. It's really, it's really quite grotesque. I've never done it, but I've seen it done many times. And it's a really, really, it's really not a great operation. So with endoscopic technique, um, you use little tiny incisions. And I met him um, during my residency and, we, and he showed me the brow and I was already good with the endoscope because I was teaching it back yeah. in Seattle. And then it was after that, then we started, um, then I started working uh, around the mid face and then down into the lower jawline. So now we, now I can do the whole, whole face basically from here to here without, with little kind of incisions. Wait, so. You can do the whole face from the incisions here, or do you have to also have incisions on the- So here? there's been a couple of the, um, the ponytail, let me show you. Okay, so the incisions for, yeah. for what I do, um, so I, you know, traditional facelift incision, let me just go through this with you a little bit so everybody understands. So traditional facelift incisions like, uh, so traditional facelift incisions like this, we have an incision around the ear like this, this is, how this is called the tragus of the ear. And then you separate the skin away from the fat, you separate the fat off the muscle. It's called the SMAS facelift, S-M-A-S facelift, okay? So that stands for supramusculoaparotic system. So that's the fascia that covers the muscle of the face. So you have mm -hmm. to separate the skin away from the fat and then separate the fat off the muscle. And that's kind of a, and that's a big incision. And the direction of the pole is always off horizontally. And um, it, when you separate the skin away from the, away from the fat, you really, the, the little vessel from the fat, you have to cut it the little vessel, you have to cut it. So you end up, you know, maybe, you know, those, those vessels are important to feed the skin. So you can imagine what happens to the skin afterwards. So it does thin out after time. Uh, and then you take the fat off the muscle and you pull on that. So the fat also sometimes is, 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 is injured as well. So, so the dissection is not so good. And then when you pull off to the side, you know, this, the scars could be Thanks. okay. Yeah, but it but, shows. But the thing is that you end up, when you go in laterally, you end up having the skin of the face, which is waxing, which is kind of rough. And you can go into the ear and you kind of replace that skin of the ear, which is a different texture. So it always shows up. And also you have the blunting of the ear. Um, and then you can see these kind of incisions. So those are kind of the things that I just see in my clinic, you know, so people who has had a facelift and so forth. These people come up and come in and, and they have issue with the scars or or, or uh, a sort of post-surgical facelift kind of a look. So we try to fix them. Um, and um, you see, see, you see this video, you can see the, the skin to the ear and then the scar, the, the um, because you go out to the side, the sideburn is always kind of amputated as well. So those yeah. are kind of the bigger things that I see during my residency that I didn't like. And of course you see some of these kind of, a, the, the, yeah, this, is what, this is what's on the internet. So I don't, I don't really, this is what you can find on the internet. So this is, I'm not really trying to, trying to, um, so this is what, I, what we do. We do a little tiny with a little tiny incision. So we see it with a camera and all the anatomy that we need to see. So, 
So this is kind of what we do. We we don't even we don't uh, intubate the patient. There's no tubing in her throat, uh, and so forth. So, so uh, let me just skip some of this. So, uh, we've done over 500 cases now of the ponytail lift and the ponytail face lift. Okay, and, so, and uh, it, it's been working most. What, what are what's your type of client mostly? Do you get a, a age? Everybody asks, what age should I do the ponytail face lift? Or, at which age? Do you really think there's a number or is it just a matter of what you want? Um, I, always, I always say that I, only, I don't treat age. I treat problems at any age, right? People okay. can have any problems um, at, at any age. And in a lot of times, the shape of the face that people have problems with, in a, in a younger age, we can come down, we can shave. So with a ponytail lift type 2, uh, uh, is is one little incision here, one little incision this big, and then one little incision back here, in the in the in the crease here, so yeah. I can get get all of the jowls and most of the neck. So that's how that's totally endoscopic. So um, so I can do it really at at just depends on what the problem is. If people have you know sort of like this cherubic sort of thick lower face and kind of chubby lower face. Uh, they want it, they need to be thinned out and tightened. We can do that, okay. But the thing is that there's no scar for it. So, so it's more like if you're like an artist, like if somebody doesn't like certain areas, it has nothing to do with just aging and lines. It's mostly as well just the like taking your car for an uplift, <laughs> fixing them. Yeah. yeah. So when I first started, I, like I said I used to be called endoscopic makeover. I used to call it endoscopic makeover because it was designed for younger patients. So I started with two little incisions here. I worked on it here. It worked great. But then people come in and go, well, I have this jowl problem and so forth. And I feel like the neck is a little lax. So they don't have, they, but they don't have skin to, re, to be removed. Mm -hmm. Then I said, well, I can't. It's really hard to get really effective from all the way up here. So I added an incision down here. So it became ponytail lift type 2. And then uh, and then, then there's older people says, well, yeah, but I have lax skin here. I need to remove skin. So then, so we remove it, but only incision back here. So yeah. that's become ponytail face lift type one. Yeah. So it just it just depends on people need or want, and then I try to execute it with a minimal. So the whole idea is to to be able to do everything that I I need to do to tighten everything, to tighten all the deep plane or musculature of the face without big incisions. And without without invisible. Just a incision. question. Um, now, this whole face of does it cover also the eye area? Does it remove the bags around the eye or not really? So uh, one of the things that we do is is that we can come down and we go go past the, the brow bone. We're going through the upper eyelid area, and then we lift the eyelid skin off ah. a bit, and then we elevate and then we redrape. So we so for especially younger patients, we don't need to cut. So we okay. we just need to redrape and sculpt. So it's a whole different concept than just cutting. You know, so so rarely I cut the upper eyelid. Some people when they're in the when they come in when they're sixties or something like that, when the lid is really, really heavy. And also the brow comes down and they over pluck the brow, so brow to, to get it over the bone again because it's very feminine for for uh, women to have the, the, the brow over the bone. Oh, yeah. So when they do that, when I try to elevate it without cutting, uh, the brow is now too high because they plucked it really high. Uh -huh, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? So I always tell people that do not pluck your brow. <laughs> <laughs> do, not compensate, do, do not compensate plucking your brow. And especially the Middle Eastern women, the brows are so and important. And the tattoos, I'm I mean, sure you, you know about this. Yes, and then so that, what happens, they, 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 they cut, uh, well, they, they, um, they pluck until, so the brow comes down, they keep pluck higher, a little bit more, next couple of years later, they pluck a little higher, and then a little down, down more, they pluck higher, yeah, and then now they run out of brows to pluck, they're having more brows, then they tattoo the brows in, you see? So when you do and, it, it, there's a... So when I do it, so when I try to do it, then the then when I try to lift everything, the brows now the tattoo brows too high. You see. Oh. So I need to do so, tattoo removal, which is another totally different. Uh, 
issue. Right. So, so you just want to make sure that that we don't uh, that we don't that you yeah. don't want to you you want to you want to get a bowel reposition or, or or rotate it up before it really starts to come down. I wanted to ask you, what do you think of these machines they say they they are using for the eyelids, the laser machines for the eyelids, the threads, all of these like procedures that are considered light before the face up. Do you think they actually work or they're just like a temporary solution? It's a waste of money, be honest. <laughs> well, first of all, I think most people who knows me knows, knows how I feel about threads. The threads just doesn't work, okay? It's, it's, it just, I mean, if, if, because first of all, there's different places that people put threads in, okay? For the brow, they do, now it drives me crazy. People call it ponytail brow lift. You know, it's in the UK, it's in the States, it's in Saudi. There's so many people using the ponytail trademark, which is my trademark. But anyways, so what they do is they put the threads in here and then they elevate it like this, okay? And they always show you on-table results or only a couple days later. It may look good. First of all, usually it looks kind of freaky, like Spock-like. <laughs> You know, yeah. but then if it so so, but then if it looks good, it doesn't last, and it's also very. I heard it's also very painful. So if anybody really kind of really want to know about about how this how the results are, you just go to my my highlights. It's called Thread Aches on my Instagram. You'll yeah. see all these are all just test people just write to me about their experiences, unedited, just what people show me you know, when I talk about it. So, so it doesn't last more than two weeks to two months. That's it just goes away. It. Okay. And it costs, you know, like it's, it's significant in the States, it costs, you know, like $2,500 or so each time. So the threads doesn't work. The threads in the cheek, it, it doesn't really work or in, especially in the jaw, uh, in the neck and the lower face area, it doesn't work. The reason why it doesn't work in the brow is because this, this tissue is very, very, very fluffy and, and soft. And, and so the threads don't hold very well. The reason why it doesn't uh, work down here very well because this area is very mobile. So yeah. it really kind of, it really doesn't work, doesn't hold. And also when you move in a certain direction, these usually poke out through the skin. You know, sometimes people can feel it. Okay, so that's also the problem. The place that kind of works sometimes is in the cheeks, but it doesn't last more than probably two months or three months. That's because true. because the cheeks has a little more fibrous tissue to grab onto. It also is not mobile, so so that works a little bit. Okay. What about the laser on the eyelids? The ones that are, like they burn their eyelids? Does that work? Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> so <laughs> tell me the called, truth. Yeah, so it's called it's called a plasma pin. Yeah. Okay. So basically, just imagine if you have a cautery, okay, and you just are burning the skin, little holes in the skin. Now we know that that when you burn the skin or heat up the the skin and tissue, it denatures the protein and it contracts the skin. So when you so just imagine, I like to. Think of an analogy of like a steak on a grill. Like steak is, is, is so you put the steak, the steak is this big, you put it on a grill and you heat it up and now it shrinks up to this big, right? So the reason why is because the heat, the thermal energy denatures the protein and it causes contraction, okay? Now, and that goes with, with that thermal pin or really aggressive laser or Ulthera or radio frequency devices you have to be careful with those because, because what you're doing, you're, you're, any kind of heat energy devices you, you cause to, quote, tighten the skin, um, you got to be careful because, first of all, the skin really doesn't really tighten because, because it is, um, especially down here in the lower phase, because it's very mobile. So you kind of you tighten so that you do the procedure um, uh, and then – you may feel swollen, so it feels kind of tight, but then when the swelling goes down, it goes back to the same, okay? Or worse, because if you go deep and the heat energy 
really kind of burn through or cause injury to the skin. Now, people always say that the, the companies always like to give you like a before and after yeah. biopsy of the skin. It says, hey, look, we're building collagen. We're building collagen. We're building collagen. So, look, this is before and after. Look, how much pink part of the 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 slide shows that it's collagen but it's scar tissue collagen we all know what happens with scar scar when you first for the first three months it's thick it's thick you know because there's inflammation and scar, yeah. scar tissue build up but then after that the scar gets remodeled and thins out become pasty white okay so it may look good for three, four months, when, but when the swelling comes down, the scar gets remodeled, the skin thins out. But the worst part is that it also can injure the stem cells in your skin that makes more fibroblast cells and things like that. So over time, the skin thins out and doesn't regenerate very well. And that's the problem you know, with, uh, with those heavy energy devices. Um, because the plasma, here they sell the machines a lot. Like here, it's a lot about machines. Right, it's I understand. So, so yeah. right. So the plasma pen. So the plasma pen is the one that the little little pen, little needle that burns a little hole. They make a little pattern on top of the lid, yeah. up here. And I, I, I have some posts ready, ready to go about that. I'll post some of that. But the prop. So you're burning the skin and you're contracting the skin, basically. Okay. And so you're supposed to kind of lift. The problem is that, especially in Saudi women, Middle Eastern women, you have olive skin, you can hyperpigment. You know, I've seen some really terrible scarring, either hyper or hypopigmentation. So the burning is down to the deep dermis. That's you know, so the, burn, so the burn goes in the deep dermis. And then the way that the, the, the wound heals is by contraction. So if I have a wound, so for example, the wound healing goes like if I if I go out, ride my bike, or fall, and now I have a I have a crater in my skin. Okay, as soon as I fall, I get up, and then my body says, "Oh my God, there's a hole in my in my skin. We gotta fix it." Okay, so the body creates an inflammatory reaction and calls out all the cells to this area. And these, these are inflammatory cells. You know, these platelets, uh, dry growth factor, all these factors gets, gets secreted and then calls out the cells that comes in for repair. So they lay down collagen. The collagen they lay down is immature collagen. It's the, it's the thicker, immature collagen that they, they kind of like, the body says, they just want to fill the wound. It's kind of like a, your, your kids, you know, they, they, um, they throw all their dirty laundry into the into the closet all at once, so it's mm -hmm. completely disorganized, right? They yeah. just want to fill the hole. But once the hole is filled, uh, then the body says, "Oh, okay, I think this, we're done making collagen." Um, so then they start remodeling the collagen. They take each little piece of clothing, they fold it nicely on top of each other, so it starts to be flattened out. Okay, mm -hmm. so so that's how how those kind of things work. Um, but, but a lot of times when they, when they, well, after they fill it, the, the collagen also contracts and, and brings it in. And so it, it makes the wound smaller as well. So that's why those, so you create an injury makes, and then when it, when it heals by contraction, by collagen laying down, but the collagen laid down is scar tissue collagen. It's not normal collagen. It gets remodeled. So okay. after some time it changes. So you see that. So you see these little dots, it forms a little either white dots because of collagen, because they kind of got the pigment cells and they don't make pigments anymore. Or it could be kind of a hyperpigmentation because of, um, you know, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, PIH. Because, you know, here it's always about Exilus machine, Altera. They always try to sell machines. So this is why I wanted your opinion on this. Well, I, I'm going to ask you. So if you try these machines, if you have you, your, your followers, well, you, know, honestly, you, can, you, you, see, you can ask them, does it work? Does it work, does it work long term? To be honest, some say, machines have worked, like, but it's short term. It's very short lived. And you keep, need to keep doing it all the time. Three, so it's not yeah, realistic. It's because, because it's three to five, because it's, it works for three to 
like usually three to four months, five months because of yeah. the, the, the swelling. You feel tight, but then when the swelling comes down, the, the, the collagen gets remodeled. It doesn't it, it go back the same. So I had this one patient from Saudi. Okay, she had shawlfera done in her neck five times, six times. Okay, like you say, they do it so often, right? So yeah. finally, she's ready for, so finally she came in for, for her face and neck lift. Now, when I look at her, the skin is actually more, is very fibrous, you know, so it's not like it became very kind of stiff, like post, almost like post-irradiated skin, post-radiation skin. The skin, uh, because the, the, um, the energy also burns up the little fine capillaries in the fat. So it becomes, so the, the tissue becomes more fibrotic. So it kind of becomes kind of stiff, okay? So now the stiffness could be good or bad because, because the stiffness, if you have floppy skin, then the, the stiffness could be good, you know? But also, but then if you're doing it when you're in your 30 years old, you trade this beautiful skin for fibrotic stiff skin that looks, it's not, it's not a good, so, so does it look pretty? No, it's not pretty skin, but is it, is it stiffer? Yeah, it's a stiffer fibrotic skin. So now when I go in and do my surgery, it's very tough because the plane, usually when you go into surgery, you have skin and subcutaneous tissue, you have the muscle, you lift it up. So everything is in the, in the proper plane and you can see where it is, but when you, after those procedures, everything is kind of melted together. It's kind of cemented together, so it's very hard dissection to get through. So those devices are definitely, you know, you, you got to be, be careful. careful. Just, not just yeah. go do a machine. So, so my advice. Yeah, I want to know so about you your look, advice. So we, if, you look, if you look at Althera, for example, or any kind of energy devices, they show, the, they show you the before and after pictures, okay? Most of the time when they show you before and after pictures is in the neck and it's, it's some, on somebody who has a big fatty neck. Okay. So they say, oh my, they say, oh my gosh, it's, it's such a difference. It is, uh, it's the skin kind of tighten up. It's actually not because the skin tightens up because those energy devices, they kind of melt the fat underneath there. So we have a big fat neck. It works well. It works because the fat kind of goes away. Okay, so that's why you see kind of the result, but it really doesn't tighten the skin because if I do liposuction, just remove the fat, the skin will contract because there's, there is not, because the fat is not occupying the space anymore, you see? Yeah. So, so that's much, much better. Um, so, so, uh, so when you're doing the, the energy devices, you know, if you have a fatty face, you want to get rid of some fat, you know, and with those, devices it may work okay because it burns up the fat but don't do it up here above the upper two-thirds of the face because it'll melt the fat in your face it'll melt it'll, it'll actually the worst thing is like when, when you see these people they do the like ulfera on the brows and trying to give a brow lift it just burns up the fat makes the eyes look more hollow uh -huh. okay so so when you're young when you're young and you're you know, 30s or even 40s, your late 20s, and you see, you want, oh my God, I want to like nip it in the bud. I want to, I want to be proactive. You know, but people, this is how people think, right? And then so they're trading, they're using these energy devices. It may not be a worthy trade off because you end up, you know, you know, burning up the yeah, skin. I spent so much money on them. This is why I'm asking you now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, but sometimes when you're, when you're, when you're older, the problem is when you're older, we have more laxity, you know, you may see a little bit difference, but then it's usually not enough. The, the change is usually not yeah, enough. Yeah, you're right. It's not every, worth it. So, so it's not, a, it's not really, so you gotta, so you gotta kind of be smart about it. So I have those devices in my practice, not all pair, but I have Morpheus and this radio frequency devices, but, um, but it's only used for that, for like people who have, you know, have surgery, so so they have, they come in with with a really loose neck, whatever. The skin quality is poor, is bad skin. So when I when we do the the lift, most of it goes away, but then the skin quality is still not quite as good. So there's still a little something there, and then you do those devices, and it works well because because it only gets that because 
you've done the marathon, but it's the last 500, 500 half a mile that you just need to get with those devices. And those you can see the differences. That's really good. But you can't use those devices to run the marathon because True. it's too much. It's too much. It, so you won't see anything. So you, it usually doesn't work. So that's so what, what, what candidate would you like, for example, like someone in her, say, what kind of, what do you recommend at the age of like, say, mid-30s to 50s? Would you recommend someone to just do Botox and fillers and avoid machines if they have, as you said, no fat in their face? Is it, would it be easier for, for a facelift? Uh, are you pro the Botox? I think Botox is the easiest thing to maintain. Well, I think the, bo the Botox is very, it's, it's very important because it's a, it's a, it's a neuromodulator. Okay, so it's different than filler. People, sometimes people get those two confused. I don't know why, but, but the Botox is, 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 is to imagine, is to disable the muscle that wrinkles your skin. Okay, imagine like if you have your, your favorite pair of Gucci shoes, right? And you wear them and then you bend them every day, okay? And then the, for the first you know, month or so, you bend them, you put them away in the closet and then this leather still looks good, right? But you bend them every day for 30 years and the leather starts to crack, starts to wrinkle, okay? Yeah. So, so the Botox take the foot out of the shoes. So you don't bend them. So you take yeah. that force of bending out of there. So, so you don't bend them and then it kind of preserve the, the skin uh, from bending and, and wrinkling. Okay, so that's Botox. So Botox is usually done for the frown line, gabella, crow's feet, um, you know, the, the forehead sometimes, or uh, there's other uses of Botox. Do you recommend it on the jaw or no? Well, it depends. That's for shaping the face. If you have like big, big master muscle or the grind in the night, you Botox here, or sometimes Botox the neck um, uh, for the neck bands and so forth. Okay, so, so Botox is for muscle activity, okay? Mm -hmm. But once the wrinkles come in and sets in, now you have wrinkles on your shoe and your Gucci's, right? So to fix them, then the filler comes in, be able to fill in the dermis, to kind of help the lines that are already formed, okay? So that's the original intent of filler, like in the, back in the early 90s, is the collagen, the collagen fillers, okay? And that was the original intent to fill in those little cracks in the skin. That's all it was for. But then later, but then later on, later on, people realized, especially the... Um, the, the filler company, they start marketing, hey, well, can, we can actually do a lift of the face, you know, do a face like liquid facelift with the fillers. And, and so, so people start using not one syringe or two syringes, but four or five syringes at a time, you know, trying to fill these faces. So, so now, uh, so these, these things called uh, the fillers, um, they try to do, try to, if you have nasally with a fold here, mm -hmm. you know, they say, well, if we can just fill here, it'll lift here, or, or have like jowls here, if I fill up here, it'll lift the jowls. It doesn't work. It only makes your face look bigger. I agree. It makes your face look more masculine, looks bigger, okay? This, it's not a pretty look. Okay, fillers only fill in those little lines, that's okay, but, but if you have a depression in a hollow temple area, you fill it in so that it's, it's not caved in, that's fine. But when you start, when people start telling you, yes, we're gonna lift this, we're gonna fill here to lift, then that's become, that is, be, uh, that is really not what filler is meant to use for. And, and, and I would really stop right there. You know, I would, I would not, I would be very, very careful with that because yeah. it was I not. I got so many questions be. about this filler thing right now. Well, you know, when I was in Saudi Arabia, I was in Riyadh um, uh, a couple of years ago. I was, I was in Riyadh twice and I was working with the royal family there yeah. and, and uh, the royal family, um, I stay at the Faisalia Hotel. It was really beautiful. So, so I had a beautiful suite up there. And then, and then they gave me a phone and said, here, Dr. Keo, here's your phone. And 
you brought all your stuff, all the, your stuff, and, and, and my friends will be calling you. So I, so I sat so in my hotel. The, the, the phone started ringing off the hook, you know, and people came in, and, and then I had a consultation, and then I said, okay, we can use some fillers here and here, whatever. And, they, and most of the time, the, the initial reaction was, oh, my God. No, no fillers, please don't. Like fillers are bad. Because you know, fillers. honestly, the, here the fillers started in the early '90s, and I think everybody overdid it in the beginning. So exactly. Uh, so yeah. so I don't want. I, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but offend anybody. But but they, but Saudi women point to a lot of the what they see in the Lebanese women. Yeah. You know, they say because they overdone the lips, or they overdone the cheeks, so they think that's what filler looks like. They think that's what that's affected. Yeah, because a lot of the doctors here are from Lebanon, and it's, that's how it started in the beginning. It was oh, the cheek filler, the lips, and then, and I do see that uh, there was a point that everybody looks the same. Even if you go to Kuwait, where my husband's from, and I, I live between here and Kuwait, everybody looks alike. The the high cheeks, <laughs> the big lips, and it does it, it, right. it removes the femininity, femininity in a woman. It's nice to right. look at the same and just you know go back six years. You know what I mean in a nice way. Right, so I have a whole talk about, you know, overfill faces. Faces are overdone, overfill. How we how how we deal with that, and you may see some of my Instagram um, before and afters, and and, uh, and and those type of patients are very difficult um, when they're when they're overdone because you know they obviously are aesthetically they they're very they're pursuing something really really quite. Um, that's in their head, you know, what's the ideal beauty of pursuing something in their head and, and they don't want surgery because they're young. Uh, and then, and then uh, they're trying to do it with fillers and it's, it's really, they want to try and find beauty by filling, but it doesn't, it makes it taste much bigger massive. Actually, uh, in the next few weeks, I had, last, uh, two weeks ago, almost like, no, a week and a half ago, I did a woman, um, she wanted to look more model-esque, you know, she wanted to, She's young, she's 30, she wanna look like a model. Um, she's she's pretty, but she's tried everything. She's tried fillers and fillers and fillers. She, I she saw that, high, I think, on your Yeah, so she wanted a high cheekbone, she wanted hollow down here or sculpted. So they try to build the face by adding more and more and more here uh, to, to create a hollow down here, appearance of a hollow, then they had jaw fillers here. And so she's just like, I don't know, I just look, I just look, uh, I just look more masculine. I say you do. So, so we had to take dissolve the fillers. We do the lift. So now the face is is more petite and feminine and pretty. We turn the eyes up. We did the KO eyes. You know the yeah. eyes. That all yeah. Tell me, tell me about the KO eyes. Yes, this is the one I want to ask you about as well. It's the what, you widen this area. You keep you open it up a bit, or how is it exactly? How is it done? Is it well, part of the facelift or no? It's separate. Yes, yeah, so people always ask me about that. The the eyes is this. It's it's part of the ponytail lift because it's more because when you do that. So so when you just lift the eyes up here without doing something to the the brows as well, it will it'll kind of be it'll kind of crowd. It'll be it'll be all a little off. It'll crowd each other. And then you turn the eyes up, and sometimes you have to kind of sweep the the cheek as well. So. So it's all kind of together. Okay? together. So, so when I do the ponytail lift here, we, we do this, the, the brows and eye and the cheeks all together up like this. Now, now in terms of turning the eyes up, there's different degrees, okay? So, so the fox eye craze, the fox eye thing. You know, so people, the fox eye, people do try to do a thread right here and, and create this, this, this look. And first of all, again, doesn't work. It's quite painful. It worked like again. If you see the before and afters, always just on table. They never see. They, they show you the result you, like, very close, not like six months. Yeah, away. it's yeah. never. Yeah, it's never because they, because it falls. It just doesn't. It just go back. Okay, so so what we do is we do we do the the work. We do the endoscopic work all the way around the eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now now there are people when I do this facelift. They don't want the eyes to be turned up to change. I stay away from this corner here. So I, I, I down here very, very loudly, come down here and pick everything up. Okay, so the, the eyes doesn't get turned up. If you want to have a really kind of a cat eye thing, I, I loosen everything around here, endoscopically, and then there's actually a stitch that goes in the corner here. 
okay, that, that hikes everything up. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's in a, in a more, more uh, dramatic case. And then, and then there's something in between. Some people want just to like 25%, yeah. 50%, 75%, <laughs> and then 100%. You know, so that's a discussion that we have very thoroughly about, about what people like and what they don't like. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very, very delicate thing. How long do these procedures last? Like, for example, if you, uh, for example, a lot of people were asking me, you know, you're not in Saudi Arabia. So for them to fly in, how long is the, the, how long is the surgery? How long does the surgery last? And the recovery time? Well, the, the surgery, you know, the surgery is, a, first of all, when we do surgery, sometimes it, it could be like, you know, four to six or eight hours or longer because, because but everything is done, it's depending on what we're doing. We're doing a neck, we're not doing a neck, and we're doing just here or yeah. here or here. So there's different parts of face we're doing. We ha I have five versions of this, this uh, ponytail point procedure. Yeah. So people always ask me, what is the cost, blah, blah, blah. I said, I don't know, because I don't know what you want. I don't know what, what's needed, what you, what you, so, so it's really, it's a consultation, you know, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a conversation, you know, so it's not like buying a purse or a handbag. Yeah. So, so, um, so we start, it depends, and, and, and we're not, we don't do it under general anesthesia, there's no tube in your throat. Like there's, you're just like sleeping. It's kind of like a dentist giving you a block in your teeth. You're numb, they can work on you, but you don't like the drilling, feel like you get nervous. So they give you a little IV sedation, propofol sedation, and then you go to sleep. And then, um, and then, so then the hard part is all the endoscopic part because you cannot, because you can't be a bull in a china shop, right? You have to be able to, to find this artery, take a right, find this vein, take a left, find this nerve. It's very detailed, yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very, very delicate. So, so it takes time. But, but, like I say, you cannot get into bleeding because we have bleeding. You just, you just can't see anything. So, so you have to really be careful not to find all the anatomy, so you know where you are, where to go. But then but then you can't get into bleeding either. So it takes some time and skill to, to do that. Okay, so that's why, and then, and then once that's done, we, we turn the anesthesia off, you know, so then the is rest it painful is painful like, or is it feasible, you know, reasonable? It's, it's okay. It's, you maybe get, people get a little headache, and that's it. That's after, it. After surgery, and the, yeah. the, the, the facelift lasts for eight years, nine years? Okay, so <laughs> the facelift is like, it depends on the person. Uh, you have to be honest. It depends on the person. Like if I do somebody in their thirties or forties, it will it will be really quite good for the next like ten, fifteen years. You will look you will look twenty years younger for the rest of your life. Especially if I do the next somebody who's like in their fifties, sixties, the next again is gone. You, you it'll yeah. never come back. So you look twenty years for for the rest twenty years younger for the rest of your life. Really, because it's it's a really a, it's a it it's really everything is tightened. All the musculature is tightened in the face. The neck musculature is tightened completely. So it's it's quite elaborate. I have to say it's it's very yeah. elaborate. And like so, for someone to fly in, you said like how long should they stay in LA for the whole like? I uh, usually if there's a ponytail lift, it doesn't involve the neck. Two weeks. If it's ponytail facelift, I recommend three weeks. Because it's more than just just cutting and you're good, but but there, because we also do a lot of post-operative cares. We have preoperative IV hydration, uh, IV therapy post-operatively. We have hyperbaric oxygen to help the swelling and so forth, and um, and we have I have a whole team taking care of you. So yeah. So it's 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 not. So people say like, come to come to Dubai, come to Saudi and operate. I say yeah, I, I can, but. I don't be honest, everybody that. wants you to come. You should kind of find a way because you know LA is so far. Even New York is more. And you know, with this year, I don't think anybody's going to the states anytime soon. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> so, I know. I have all these international patients just waiting for the borders to open. Yeah, yeah I know. So. That's why I, I almost. Do you come to the Middle East in any way? I know you have your whole team there. Is there is there a talks of you coming to our part of the world or at least somewhere in the middle? <laughs> somewhere. Well, uh, I mean, we can, 
I mean, I never say no. I never say no because, because everybody to... wants the surgery and the comfort of their yeah. own country and home, as you know. Well, I, I like I said, I've been to I've been to Riyadh on invite to the royal family, and yeah. um, and so that I, I've done that before. So I, I never say no. I, I although I haven't I haven't really you know really did surgery there. I have to bring my team of, of people and things like that. It's it's, it's quite a it's credit production. Because yeah. uh, you do know the facelift is something that's very important to every woman after a certain age, even younger age. And I feel it's so hard to find someone what? that's especially specialized in this. And Look, it's your it. face, right? So this is what I love about face. Like, like I, I do I do breasts, I do tummy. You know, lately there's a run of tummy tucks. I'm doing I've been noticing your Instagram. I've been on your live, on your story. You've got a lot of tummy tucks this week. I know. Well, yeah, so that's just the way it is. But, you know, because people, because I do their face, they're happy. And then they want other parts of their body done. Like, I'm good at, I'm good at breast. Can you do them together, by the way? Can you do, like, I got, like, six questions on the questions that if you can do the breast augmentation and the nose job and all this and the ponytail lift all together. It depends on how much, it depends on level of difficulty that we're doing. It depends on. Yeah. It's possible. I've done the nose and I told me to show it together. I usually don't mix the body with the face because it's really important because I really like to focus because the face is so important. You know, like the body, you know, it's good, you know, especially to do a really nice breast lift without scars. That's great. And I'm really happy. But how many people can appreciate it? Hmm, yeah, dogs, and lo- dogs and lovers, right? They're like... <laughs> like <laughs> So, so it's not that many people, but when I do a face, it's like everybody's a critic, right? Everybody can see it. Every, so that's why the, the face is so critical, so critical. Um, and that's why I love it because every little detail shows or don't show, right? So, so, so that meticulousness really comes through. Like all my little effort that I put in during the operation, like even my last hour has been hours and hours and hours in the operation. You can, you can talk to my scrub nurse, uh, uh, you know, even in the last hour and I'm putting things together and the, and the skin edges are just not quite together perfectly. I'll ask for the scissors to trim one millimeter and then put it together so they're absolutely perfect. Okay, so that's because when I, if I see it after the surgery and I, I see it, it's not perfect. And I just, then I will kick myself. I should have just taken an extra three minutes to trim that. It would have been so much better. You're a perfectionist. So as much as I can be, yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to be. Because it's people's face, right? It's people's faces, exactly. right? So, yeah. when I, so when I finish on a table, I have to have this feeling go, Oh my God, I think, I think this is the best I can do and it, it's going to look great and she's going to be really, really happy. happy. There's, like, there's a sense of confidence that I know in myself that she is going to be so happy. You know? so, so rarely, you know, in some of the reconstructed cases, you know, when, when there's very difficult, like you say, oh, you know, I hope that this is going to be good, but I know this is still not quite, we still have another stage or two to go, you know, but honestly, like every time I, I finish surgery, I have to have that feeling say, okay, I'm very confident that she's going to be happy. That's really good. A question. How about fat transfer, fat retention rates, side effects, and how long, you know, I know you, you trans, I saw in one of your videos that you transfer fat from an area, uh, from like the back of a kind to her face. So does this last or? Yeah. So every ponytail lift, every, every face lift that I do has fat transfer. Every, everyone. So if you see, so you see that it, it, so usually a fat transfer, um, you know, for me, like I, I try not to build up the face too much of fat, but there's certain areas that I, want, I do want to sculpt or support and like under the brows and so forth when I do the, the brow rotation. And so uh, everybody gets a little fat. So I do a lot. I mean, I probably every surgery I do in terms of the body, the there's always some kind of fat transfer, liposuction, a little something always is there. 
It's probably yeah. 90, 98% of the time I'm doing fat transfer. Fat transfer. <laughs> so about 99% of the faces I do have some fat transfer. You know, it doctor, does, I can't so... wait to come to LA to actually at some point to, to come to you, seriously. <laughs> I'm 37, but like, you know, I've been reading, I've been yeah, seeing you're what beautiful. you've been doing. Thank you, thank you. But you know, honestly, I want to go five years back. <laughs> You know, after well, I have my son, I feel there's a difference. But Yanni, I think it's normal. I think it's also that I've been doing a lot of these machines and I've been noticing that there's not really much of a difference. I've done Ulterra once, zero effect. I do Exilus, which I like, but if, for example, it doesn't work for a long term, I have to keep doing it. And so this is why I want to know what, if I should just stop and wait till I come and do the ponytail lift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think those devices, you just have to be careful, you know, because yeah. it does you know, after a long time and repeated time, it does change the quality that, you know, like it gets more little fibrotic skin, the skin gets yeah. more fibrotic. So especially yeah. somebody in your age, right? So how long can you do that for? You know, how many times? Exactly. Can you do that for? Yeah, you're right. right? I'd rather so, just switch the time. So you can, you can burn up your, you can sort of burn up the skin so many, so, so many trials. It just, you know, at some point in time, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna do it. And also, so um, you'll probably, injuring some some stem cells in the skin as well so okay. a little bit is okay but not not so much okay. uh if anyone has autoimmune disease can they have a facelift can they have the facelift uh yes they can they can yeah I've done, yeah yeah I, yes of course I, people have uh sjogren's we just have to be careful with them we have we they, they get a preoperative evaluation um they get they get um you know my Rheumatologist clears them. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, I got a lot of questions, but I'm not going to put them because mostly are they're talking about the lids, the, um, which is all covered in the ponytail uh, facelift mainly. Uh, what about? Let's talk about that. You do this procedure that for like for moms after like they had their kids. What is it called? You have a name for it? Um, it's called. Well, it depends. It depends on the degree that we're doing. There's a uh there's something called like lipos like a um a tiny tech 360 sculpt so basically we take we take um usually the, the main thing for moms in the tummy tech thing it's all about the waistline because as you get as you get pre when you get pregnant it stretches the tummy and it flares the rib cage okay yeah. so everything stretches out so after birth you know, things come back a little bit, but doesn't come back 100% exactly. completely. So the muscle, the, the abdominal core muscles, they get stretched out, but you can work out and tighten and strengthen those muscles. Yes, but the fascia that covers those muscles doesn't come back. The fascia mm -hmm. is that thicker fibrous tissue that, that covers all the muscle groups. Okay, you know what fascia is. Like when you eat chicken, you see... On top of the, the the muscle, you see the you see the white fibrous tissue that covers the muscle of the chicken leg. Yeah, you know, I you know what you mean. Okay, so the fascia. So every muscle group has a fascia. Okay, the fascia for the face is called the smas we talked about. So every bicep has a has the fascia keeps it together, and then and then tricep the fascia keeps it together. So the the core muscle has fascia over it, and that stretches out. It doesn't come back until you actually mechanically have to tighten that back. So, so, so uh, what we do is we, the, 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 the uh, Tummy Fight 360 sculpt, we create the waistline. So we, we, we do liposuction in the back, some of the bra fat, posterior hips area. And we take that fat, we usually put it somewhere, either in the buttocks area, to, to make, I don't like to make these huge butts like you see in the state somewhere, like the Kim Kardashian thing. Yeah. It's, that's not that's not my aesthetics, but I like to at least to fill in the depressions and, and sometimes the contour contour issues in the in the upper buttocks area to make it rounder. Okay, dimpling the butt, or we put it in the breast, or sometimes in the face. The the fat does not get wasted. Then we then flip you around. We continue. Then we, we do the lipos, then we do the tummy tuck, and the incision is very, very low. It's all hidden in the bikini line. Is it very and big, then, the incision? Because, you know, all the tummy tucks you see, the incisions are huge. It depends on how much loose skin you have. Okay. You know, so it depends I, on the it, patient. Yeah, it, and so when, when 
Then there's something called a skinny bikini tuck that I do. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the other thing. If you're really skinny, you have skinny, but your muscle is, is lax, but the skin is good. There's no stretch mark. There's no laxity of the skin. But, um, but, but um, you need to tighten the muscle. So we make a little tiny incision, like lower, even lower than a C-section scar, about this, this big, right on the pubic bone area. They, we, we go up with a camera, we go all the way up to the, to the uh, rib cage, the, the xiphoid area, the breastbone, and we tighten everything down. And that's the skinny bikini tuck. So, okay. so then we, sometimes we'll, we also lipo the back, uh, again, creating a waistline. So the idea is to create that slim waistline. Because, um, yeah, 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 you know, I feel after having a child, that. you become a bit more of a boss. Straight. You know? Yeah, Straight. exactly. Yeah. So, Even so, if you weren't curvy before. Yeah. Do you need to dissolve all the filler for a ponytail lift? It depends. Like, it depends on where the filler is placed. And with, if the filler the filler's working for me, so a lot of times what I do is like, I look at it. If, if it's obviously overfilled, then I'll dissolve it the day before or even on the table on the day of. Um, <clears throat> or if it's like, it looks like it's down here where I'm able to re relocate it to be okay. So yeah. we do the lift. Then once the cheek comes up, you see, okay, this is this is too much. Then we'll dissolve it on the table. You do it on your so, own. So yeah, so so like I said, these filler patients are overfilled faces are, are are tricky because, you know, if they're overfilled, they have a certain sense of aesthetics, right? So so they don't really want to look droopy while they have their fillers dissolved, right? So they can't yeah. have that social downtime where. They can't look good. <laughs> look, they have a certain right? way they want to look, so they want the cheeks. So I, I know. You right, mean. but then, but then when you the, when there's too much, when you start dissolving them, because most of the time the dermatologist will will say, well, we'll dissolve it over a course of like a month, and then we got to wait three months before you started building it back up or something like that, you know. So yeah. So it's it's a it's a long period of time of this sort of not feeling good. Uh, feeling droopy and so forth like that. So when we do it, we just do it. I give a, I give a talk called Management Overfill Face uh, in a meeting uh, last year. And uh, it was, it was, there was a bunch of dermatologists there and um, they know exactly what I'm talking about. At the end of the, uh, at the, end of the talk, um, before I even finished, people had a standing ovation. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> because because no one has seen like somebody take on this problem. A lot of times the, the fillers are become, we overfill the face is very, very difficult to manage because the fillers, you know, you think the, the, the mis the, the misconception, the fillers do go away completely. It doesn't go away completely. The fillers cause a little microfibrosis because it does, people, people can react to the fillers a little bit. And then cause a little scar tissue deposition. So even if you try to dissolve it, it doesn't go away completely. It's very okay. difficult. So and then and then now now we've had fillers and, and people are reporting issues with you know intermittent swelling. So for no reason where they wake up in one morning and the face the face is really swollen because the filler absorbs water, and 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 you know we eat something like salty food or something like that. So they have intermittent swelling in their eyes, underlying fillers, and so forth. It, there's been a lot of problems with fillers. You have to be very, very careful with them. Yeah. You know, um, it's not, and, and to try to get rid of them is, is very difficult. Another thing is do not ever, 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 ever put permanent, like silicone, or semi-permanent filler um, in, okay. like these little um, Bellafill, these things are with little plastic bees intermixed with hyaluronic acid products. They're very, they, they stay away, they're permanent and they may look okay for the first few years. As you get older, uh, they start forming granulomas. I, I, you know, after I give that, the overfill face, I also talk about, you know, these permanent filler problems. Uh, that I, get a lot, I, I get a lot of people with these coming from all over with these horrible filler they still, they still have them legal in many countries like Egypt and Lebanon course, and many other course. countries in Asia and, as well. And I, get, and I get DMs probably like 
five or six patients uh, a week about their their filler problems and their lips and so forth. And and it's it's a real problem, you know. And we're gonna see more and more of it too because people just don't understand. And and then they they put in these permanent fillers, and and it's, it's really quite bad. Doctor, I'm getting so many questions. I think you're going to have to answer them on your page because we only have an hour. But basically, um, this person's asking if you do facial feminization. Uh, you do that, obviously. Well, I make I make people look pretty, prettier <laughs> usually. Usually, so it does feminize the face. As far as brow bone reduction, we can do. Uh, we can we can shave down the brow bone, uh, forehead. Yes, we can do um, angle jaw. Usually, um, unless they're severe, I don't do so much of the jaw work like they do in Korea. Um, I don't really shave down the trachea. There, there's there's guys who does it all the time. That's their full time yeah. job. So. so, thank you so much for your time because we passed the hour. But uh, I know we have so many questions for you. You guys have his Instagram account, so you're going to be flooded with many questions today. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Really, honestly, I think I, I'm I'm personally very happy you told me about these machines and because I was someone that always didn't want to really do fillers, so I would always go and do machines because I have chubby cheeks by nature from weight gain. So um, I always did these machines, and I thought it was actually a very good solution. So today, this is the first time I, I've actually heard this this opinion of you. So really, well, I'm I think grateful. you have to you just be very very careful with them, you know. Like I said, I have these machines as well, but I use them very, very judiciously. You know, only lots of them use them for post-operative, like just, just sort of, you know, some kind of last, like I said, last, last 500 half mile thing, you know, just like trying to get it all good. Um, and um, you, you just got to be careful, especially when you're young, you know, be careful with the machines because they can cause more damage oh, yeah. than good, you know? So, so for example, like I had this one, uh, esthetician that worked for a very, very well-known um, dermatologist in Beverly Hills. And she was the one who was doing all the therapy all the patients. And she did it, and the doctor did it for her and burn up all the fat in her face. So we had to come, she had to come to me for fat transfer. Oh. You know, so, so, and she was only like 30 years old. So, um, so, these, so these, these things can happen. So, Especially in patients, like if you feel your cheek, you feel your skin here, okay, between your cheeks. And some people have what I call fluffy fat. The fat is very delicate, very, very soft. Okay, versus like you seem to have like more like a fibrous fat. You know, the the, the skin is a little thicker and the yeah, fat is. a little bit more a little bit more firm, the firm fat. That does okay, but the but the but the fluffy fat patient um, with the, with those energy devices, it really kind of, it, it really, you know, can melt the fat. Okay. Last question, actually. Um, what do you think of um, uh, ha- drinking collagen, like pow- collagen powder? Does it make a difference or it's just... Uh, honestly, because you have great skin, honestly. What do you do <laughs> every day? <laughs> well, I do do Botox. I don't do fillers. Um, and... I have my own skin product that I use. Um, you have your own skin product? I do. It's not. It's not on the internet. You have to call the. You have to call the office. Really, okay. um, we can ship them out to you. But okay. we have some own skin product. We haven't really advertised them yet. So we, we and um, we and it also is very very important. You know, especially for women, um, and, and actually for young women too. So women who are, um, you know. 18, 19 years old, you know, when the skin is still good, you want to re- really want to preserve them, you know, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, when, when you, you pass puberty, um, the skin makes more sebum, it's more oily, right? So those little, little pores, they collect the sebums in the pores and they kind of dilate the pores. That's why the skin becomes a little more, more porous and more, a bigger pore looking, right? So if mm-hmm. you have regular facial and you kind of extract those, yeah. those sebum so they don't stretch the pores. The skin will stay smooth and, and more refined looking over time. So skincare is very, very important. Right. So I have a whole team of skincare people here. So uh, that's what we do. And the collagen? Not really. You don't recommend it. Oh, the collagen. Well, the collagen is hard to imagine because, you know, 
because the collagen, when you, when you drink it, the stomach pH is like, is very, very acidic, right? So the nature of the collagen is a lot in acid, number one. Number two, those collagen usually are big molecules. It's, it's hard for them to absorb through the, through the, through the stomach yeah. lining, yeah. right? Okay. So, so it's a nice thought, but, you know, but people say, you know, yeah, it really helps my skin, blah, blah. And what can I say when they say it's it's anecdotal? I say it works for them. But okay, well it works for them. I I mean somebody give me a bottle. I tried it. You know, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> 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 it's hard to say. There's like me. I I can't really I can't really say that's good or bad. You know, if it doesn't like, hurt when you. When I come to LA, I'm gonna come to you and we're gonna do the moment of truth, a moment of truth episode of yay or nay. <laughs> I'll get all okay. the products. <laughs> Okay. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in LA when, uh, when flights are open. <laughs> yes, please. I look forward to meeting you. And for any questions, guys, please just head to Dr. Keo's page and you can ask him the questions directly. Um, so you'll be flooded with questions this week. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Okay. Bye-bye.